everybody to Movie Geeks United. It's Blu-ray night, so Adam is in the house with us, as he was last week. Very <laughs> special that last week's show was. Felt like felt like we were having a sleepover or something with a with a new friend. <laughs> That's just so perverted and so. I mean, and then the show and the show was our little uh, our pillow fight in the middle of the night. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm glad it was just a pillow fight. Uh, yeah. Well, I was just telling Jerry there's uh, before we started here. Uh, there's actually some pretty high quality titles. I mean, there's the usual questionable uh, ones of questionable merits, but it's uh, you know for December and January they kind of slow down a little bit uh, typically, and especially in December. And I don't think Warner Archive issued but one title, and that was Anti Mame. So, uh, oh, I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. So that's one, you know. But but at least they went for quality if they're going to issue one, right? So uh, some of the titles that Twilight Time issued uh, previously in years past, now I guess their licensing agreement has lapsed, and now Kino has picked them up, and they are reissuing. Like for instance, this month they did Judgment at Nuremberg and Inherit the Wind, which were previously issued by Twilight Time, and they've picked up the ball and reissued them. So now they're back in print. Okay, and that's that's two. But I, I will tell you, uh, the there were two exciting announcements from Kino for me anyway. I don't know how you guys will feel, but this past week I was so giddy I was about to bounce off the walls. <laughs> one, uh, I really was, uh, and they're both TV movie announcements. But one was they're doing a 4K restoration on the Night Stalker with Darren McGavin, the 1972 television film, and its sequel, The Night Strangler. Both of them are oh, okay. 4K, yeah, 4K restorations, and and they're releasing them separately on 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 uh, instead of together, which indicates that there are going to be a lot of extras because those are short films and they typically are paired together. But I'm thinking that they're probably going to be a lot of extras. So for us big fans of Kolchak, uh, the Night Stalker, mm-hmm. this is this is big news. Uh, didn't you know? Didn't see this one coming. And then, as if that wasn't enough. They announced that they're doing the day after uh, with a brand new 4K restoration. The uh, Nicholas wow. Meyer, you know. Uh, yeah, no, that's, and, that's that's a big deal. I mean, yeah, I mean both. I was so I mean, excited. So I can understand the the X Files because the X Files, you know, that was easily that the Night Stalker is such a, a huge influence on that show. So I can understand doing it now, but I guess it was the day after just because Trump's in power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't mean I'm not, I don't mean to be so flippant, but no, the day after, which was I, I think we can all attest to the power of that move for a TV movie, how impactful that was. Um, yeah, it's great. Yeah. And the sad part is, when it came out on DVD, it was bare bones. MGM didn't really care about. Uh, they put it out there, but just barely. It was panned and scanned. Mm-hmm. There is a, a a widescreen version that was shown in theaters in Europe that is a little more graphic. It's uh, a you know a director approved by Nicholas Meyer. Apparently, that's the one they're going to be using. It has a, a aspect ratio, oh. I think, of one 1.75 to one aspect ratio, and it has, and, and that was issued on Laserdisc in the 90s, and it and then uh, Nicholas Meyer did a commentary as well, which is really good if you want to know about the nuts and bolts of the production and the aftermath of uh, the day after and all the controversy and all that. It's it's really, really a good commentary, and I think they're going to port that over to this new Blu-ray, which is big, oh, cool. big news. So uh, this is this is good stuff. I think I, I was really excited for all of those. No, they're films. both they're both 
the gold standard. I mean, they're both of them yeah. are really the gold standard, so that's great. Yeah. So, but well, you so know why they're coming a... out the day the day after, right? Because <laughs> we. What happened Saturday in Hawaii is probably oh, an So hopefully that Blu-ray will be released before we're blown up. That's all I'm saying. Yes, we would hope. <laughs> or you're watching it as we're being blown up. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's scary to think about. But anyway, so uh, do you guys want to cover some other news before we jump into it? Or do we want to just... Um, no. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to cover December and January. I'm just going to go over some of the highlights of December because we, you know, it's award season. We're going to be busy and, you know, with our top ten lists and and what have you. So we probably won't get to do another Blu-ray. I'm thinking probably till the end of February. So so we'll just go ahead and jump in and, and cover two months at once and, but uh, we will say that the Twin Peaks limited event series, uh, the Showtime series, is available. I'll start with that because uh, for anybody who does want to get the, the home video version of that, it's it was released in early December. So it's available now. And um, also uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night was issued, I guess, to coincide with the Christmas holidays. Uh, sure, we all remember the controversy about that when it uh-huh. – originally came out and uh <laughs> the controversy was more interesting than the film unfortunately but <laughs> so how many yeah. times can you reissue that movie is it like I know, it's, it's, christmas, it's, it's, a christmas it's, album <laughs> do they just refresh it every holiday or? well i will say in uh in defense of this release it is a scream factory release and they did uh, you know it's a bad movie i mean it's not a great piece of work but they did a good job that there's a 96 minute uh extended <laughs> cut which has a lot more okay. graphic stuff in there so it's it's worse than the uh <laughs> as far as gratuitousness uh, it's a little bit more um, extreme than the original version, but it—I mean—it looks great. It's—it's it's great looking. Like I said, quality is questionable of the, of the actual uh, artistic merits of the film. But um, but anyway, we'll move along to one of those Olive Signature titles, which would be Elaine May's 1971 film, A New Leaf, oh, yeah. starring Walter oh. Matthau. Which I just watched for the first time the other night. I, I, okay, it's one, of, it's one of those movies that I always. Thought like I'd uh, I'd seen it, but uh, I had not seen it. Uh, as I was watching it, I was like, uh, "Oh yeah, no, I haven't seen this yet." Yeah. And uh, what a, what a fine movie! Sure really, is. Really, really, really fine movie. Uh, Elaine May is is really captivating in it, and uh, Walter Matthau is <laughs> at his most acerbic. And uh, it's a, it's a really really good movie with lots of lots of really fine um, physical comedy in it as well. Sure, yeah. Uh, it's, it's very very good. Yeah, the uh, I I love that he's when he takes her out to eat and she spills uh, food all over her dress and he's telling somebody else later on he goes, "Yep, she needs a vacuum cleaner when you take her to dinner." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, 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 it's wonderful, and, and it's, uh, it's, it's actually it actually ends up being quite touching. Uh, yeah, it does surprisingly, um, 
because it does seem like it's going to be that type of movie. But uh, it turns turns on the diamond very very precisely, I think. Yeah, the, uh, the they've really done a great job. And again, this is a limited edition. But the extras here are uh, there's a 4K scan of the original camera negative. There's a commentary by film scholar uh, uh, Maya Montanez. Smuckler. Uh, there's a featurette on the cutting room floor where they interview the editor of the film, Angelo um, Carao, I think is how you pronounce that. Women in Hollywood, A Tragedy of Comic Proportions. Uh, this is an Amy Heckerling uh, featurette where she reflects oh. on it. And there's a, a, the trailer and um, the uh, original source material and an essay is included in a booklet. So nice packaging and uh, just highly recommended if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's a good release from Olive Films. So we'll talk about one of Dean's favorite films of the last year. Mother is out from Paramount, of course, and uh, that is uh, out there and available. Not a lot of extras on it, but uh, good uh, transfer nonetheless. Looks great. I will say that the extras that are on it are of the highest quality. Uh, it, mm-hmm. It's it's one of these uh, it's one of these releases that um, smartly decides to do a documentary, a behind the scenes documentary that doesn't include any kind of clips from the movie or whatever, because we've already watched the movie, so we don't need to see more clips. Uh, yeah, and so. The behind-the-scenes documentary is very, very revealing, and um, it, it it lets you know exactly what kind of work went into making the movie. I watched it again last night because I got it for, I got the Blu-ray for for Christmas. Uh, it's a wonderful Christmas movie, Mother. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, but uh, I watched it again last night. It just blows me away every time. So. What a great yeah. movie. Well, another release we talked about earlier, Anti-Mame, is issued by Warner Archives. Also, uh, the extras here are a music-only audio track, which highlights the score for the film, and there's the uh, original theatrical trailer and uh, a trailer for Mame, <laughs> the uh, quasi-remake with Lucille Ball, which is not very fondly remembered. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's impossible to... For me to sit through, <laughs> uh, but the original movie is great. The original movie is not a musical. It feels like it should be, but it isn't. <laughs> it's, yes, it's directed by Morton DaCosta, who did do one of my favorite musicals, uh, um, uh, The Music Man, um, mm-hmm. and uh, he has a very surprisingly a very distinct kind of style. A, uh, uh, I would say, kind of stagey sort of style, but. Uh, um, but it, but it, but it does ring, you know, original. Uh, it, it, seeing it as a film, you know, he, he uses a lot of stage techniques in his movies. Um, but uh, a beautiful movie and a, and a great lead performance by Rosalind Russell. Uh, just yes. really, really superb. Yeah, that's probably the one she's remembered most for. I would say. Um, she played it on stage. She played the role on stage for for mm-hmm. you know quite a long time before she did the movie. Um, so, but uh, uh, the movie is also beautifully produced. It's it's great sets and costumes and everything. It gets very wild in in the last half of it. Um, mm-hmm. It's a good movie. Yeah, sure is. Um, 
And here's a newer film that came out last year that kind of slipped under the radar. And I think we've mentioned it in passing, but The Trip to Spain has been issued by Shout Factory. Uh, oh, the, cool. Uh, number three in the, the Trip series with Steve Coogan and Rob Bryden. And, uh, you know, if you've seen the other ones, you know what to expect. It's more of the same, but it's good. That That's not a bad thing. I I love these films. As far as I'm concerned, they keep making them. Yeah, um, but, they should. Yeah, good stuff. But I just wanted to mention that. And um, I uh, uh, wanted to mention the uh, Criterion uh, box set of the Monte, Monterey Pop Festival, which is pretty incredible. This has the... Uh, just about everything that was on the DVD-only release, and they've remastered it all for a high definition, of course, and it includes, of course, the actual Monterey Pop film, and it has Jimmy Plays Monterey, which is just the Jimi Hendrix um, segment, and then it has Shake, Otis at Monterey Pop, which is the Otis Redding segment, and um, it has about two hours of deleted scenes, and this includes music uh, appearances from such groups as the Association and Big Brother and the Holding Company and the Blues Project and Laura Nairo, which her performance at the Monterey Pop Festival is now legendary because she was left the stage in tears uh, after being just booed from the audience. And she really was kind of a delicate person, I think, and had a really tough time dealing with that. But it's all here captured and uh, Simon and Garfunkel, Steve Miller, very early appearance of Steve Miller, and Al Cooper, and just Moby Great, Quicksilver Messenger Service, Simon and Garfunkel. It's really good. Uh, it's a nice box, uh, and it's basically every piece of film that they could come up with from the Monterey Pop Festival. So, uh, highly recommended. I still think that Monterey Pop is uh, is better than, uh, than Woodstock. Uh, in terms of uh, uh, in terms of capturing the music, maybe not in terms of capturing the event, but mm-hmm. uh, but the music itself is better, I think, uh, and and the range of artists. Uh, I mean, geez, uh, uh, the Ravi Shankar thing at the end is is unbelievable, uh, really really surprising uh, that. Uh, that's the capper to the movie, Ravi Shankar uh, playing with uh, with uh, his band on the stage. It just has everybody transfixed, uh, and uh, it's it's really something to see on film. It's uh, a, a very very spirited performance and uh, beautifully beautifully uh, filmed by uh, who is that? Is that D. A. Pennebaker? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, was Monterey Pop nice. '68 or was it '70 or '67? Was it '67? Yeah, '67. I knew yeah. I'd get to it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, well, Criterion also issued Bobette Schroeder's documentary, General Edie Amin Dada. Oh yeah, uh, a self-portrait. Which uh, from, from 1974 documentary film about uh, General Idi Amin, and that's mm. if you have any. Barbara Schroeder said it was still. It, it was still. Um, oh, forget it. Forget it. That joke doesn't work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it, I told I told it in my mind as the words were coming out, and it didn't work. 
Sorry. <laughs> what is what has Barbara Schroeder done lately? What was the last thing he did, Barbara Schroeder? Um, oh, oh God. He made a documentary, though, a while back. But is that the last thing he did? The, the ter- one about the terrorists. I was like, I want to see the middle, um, the mid uh, aughts or whatever. I think it was. That, I think that's it. I mean, unless I'm missing something, but. Uh, Man. I can't even remember. I, don't I always get him confused with. Uh, I always get him confused with Verhoeven. Um, I don't know what Barbara Schrader did. He he, he should have retired after Desperate Measures. That's all I know. <laughs> we did Our Lady of Assassins, which is not which is not bad. At, long after that, but no, I, I mean I, I yeah. agree. Desperate Measures was not a great movie. No. Um. Uh, well. Uh, I'm not sure this one's any better either, but I'll mention it anyway. The Premonition from 1976, starring Sharon Farrell and uh, uh, Daniel Brisbois. Brisbois? You know, Brisbois. from uh, <laughs> Brisbois. D- Daniel Brisbois, that. yes. That's it, that's it. From uh, Archie Bunker's place. Right. So it was uh, one of those mid 70s parapsychology horror films and. Um, you know, came out around the time Carrie did, but Arrow has released that one. And then uh, Kino has issued uh, one of the few movies I think you could probably recommend from Chuck Norris. It's not the best thing you've ever seen, but it's certainly uh, tolerable. Code of Silence, directed by Andrew Davis. Yeah, that's yeah, not bad. That's why. That's why, right there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what, but you're absolutely right. Andrew Davis was really doing good work in the 90s. Yep. Uh, yes, he was. He even did a good. Uh, good uh, he did a good. Uh, um, uh, what's his name? Steven Seagal movie too. Yeah, Under Siege. He does the one. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but that may be more Tommy Lee Jones doing than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> well, Henry Silva makes a good villain in Code of Silence. I'll just yes, say that. True, he does. Uh, he's very. But Norris good. is still a uh, terrible, terrible actor. I mean, don't don't pretend like Code of Silence all of a sudden makes him an, an emotional, you know, Olivier. Oh, God, no. I mean, oh, no, no, no. Not at all. Far from it. But uh, it, it's, it's worth seeing, though. It is. And uh, Kino also it's is not even about, It's the... not even about being a good actor. It's not even about a good performance. It's, it's <laughs> There is zero personality. He has zero personality that comes through. It's like amazing. It is like watching a statue. <laughs> Started uh he, he his his range was what from A to B, I believe. So <laughs> that was about it. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. But uh Kino also issued Brannigan, the John Wayne film. Um that's Is that the one, one that there. takes place in Britain? Um, or, or no, I never, make, I, it's one of them takes place in Britain, which is very strange. But uh, uh, it's either that one or McHugh. Um, I don't think I think McHugh might be the one. This is the one where he's a Chicago, Chicago police lieutenant, and it's kind of a dirty, hairy type thing. You know, he's the. Uh, yeah, I think it's based in Chicago, from what I remember. It's been a while, but anyway. Um, they they put that out there as and uh, and then China Moon has also been issued by Kino with Ed Harris and uh, Madeline Stowe. That's another. That's somebody I wondered the other day. I was wondering what happened to Madeline Stowe. We were watching uh, Twelve Monkeys, my son and I, uh, the other night. Yeah. I thought, what happened to her? She kind of fell off the map, right? She's probably on the TV series. I bet. 
she was on she was on one of those television series one of those like revenge was the name of it or something mm-hmm. um and I think that show came and went. She, I think she married Brian. She, I know she married Brian Ben Ben, who used to have an HBO show back in the early nineties. Oh yeah, Dream On. Uh, mm-hmm. Dream On, right? And uh, uh, she took a lot of time off to be a mother and that kind of thing. I, I believe. But China Moon was shot in where I live in in Lakeland. Wow, didn't realize I didn't that. Know that. I like China. I like China. It's a good movie. It's a decent thriller. I mean, it's a good movie. Yeah. Here's something I wanted to mention that may have slipped through the cracks that's quite interesting. It's called um, Chicago, the Terry Kath Experience. It's a documentary on Terry Kath, who was one of the founding members of the group Chicago. He's the guy, uh, and I know most of you you all are um, music buffs like myself, uh, he is the member of Chicago who had the uh, put the gun to his head and didn't realize it was loaded and killed himself at the age of 32. Oh. And uh, right after they had their first number one record with uh, "If You Leave Me Now," it, it uh, you know they were right at the hop- height of their popularity. And his daughter was only two when he passed. And this movie is made by his daughter, who is uh, who never really knew her father. And it's about her discovering uh, her father and who he was and his uh, musical legacy and getting to know more about him and uh it's 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 uh, a film as much about her discovering her father as it is about his life it's interesting so it's called Chicago the Terry Kath experience and if you're uh, a fan of 70s pop music you may want to put that one down to investigate mm, okay there's uh Hard Country is another one that's been issued that's one of the early film appearances from Kim Basinger and Michael Parks is in this one as well as Daryl Hannah and Gaylord Sartain, <laughs> Jan, Michael, <laughs> Jan Michael <Wow>. Vincent. <laughs> so this is a, what a cast, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. This is uh, this, this is one of those you know the country music uh, stars trying to you know, country western singers trying to make become a, mm-hmm. a big star and it's that type thing. But it's uh, like I said, made in 1981, directed by David Green. I, I've seen it. It's been a long time. I remember it being just, you know, it's not bad, and it's so this more in your movie now. Was it a TV no, movie? No, no, it was theatrical. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it was theatrical. I've seen that soundtrack uh, a lot. I've never picked it up, but it's uh, it's all country yeah. music, obviously, like Merle Haggard. It is, yeah. It's it's a curio, especially considering you know that Kim Basinger and Daryl Hannah went on to much bigger things, but. They, uh, but but it's uh, it's not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. It's passable for sure. And uh, how about uh, the Whales of August, which was one of the oh. final films for Lillian Gish and Vincent Price, Ann Southern, and Betty Davis. Uh, yeah. Made in '87, and I think Betty Davis died uh, two years after this, the release of this film. So it's about the yeah. I remember her going on the Carson Carson to promote it. And yeah. uh, Carson asked her about any, any problems with Lillian Gish, and she said, "No problems at all. Lillian Gish is professional. Lovely time. <laughs> <laughs> She's really a lovely person, Miss Gish. Really lovely person. Definitely. Is there anybody you work with? In, is there anybody you work with in Hollywood? I do not quite why you're laughing. I'm being sincere yes. about Miss Gish. I don't understand the laughter at all. No, I don't. This was the the uh, the post." Stroke Betty Davis as uh, as, as they always refer yeah. to her on Gilbert's podcast. <laughs> yeah. also, also one of the last films by uh by its director, Lindsay Anderson. 
That's true. Very true. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Yeah. Well, this uh, the the if you're a fan of this movie, uh, it's a great release from Kino. I mean, it's loaded with all kinds of uh, raw interviews, footage with uh, these stars as they were shooting their scenes, and I, I guess they just took a camera with them at all times and filmed them doing their thing, and and uh, you get to see them, you know, talk about their lives and their craft and. Uh, all that stuff's included here, along with uh, commentary by producer Mike Kaplan and uh, just all kinds of good stuff. So uh, it, it may be worth picking up just for the extras, if not for the film. So, uh, yeah. And then there's uh, the Burt Lancaster Western, Valdez is Coming, from 1971. Oh, cool. That's a good one. I like uh, that one a lot. Yeah. Susan Clark is the co-star here. So... So Kino was busy in the month of December. Uh, Al, Al says it's coming. Yeah. I'm sorry, I can't, <laughs> well, let, I can't let that pass. Is that like a like an immigration porn? Oh, what, what is that? <laughs> it, is, it is immigration porn. It is. <laughs> it's actually based on a Elmore Leonard novel, actually, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> so uh, there's House and House Two. Arrow Video has released those separately. Those uh, horror films mm. from the uh, from the eighties. Uh, they have their defenders. I I wasn't crazy about either one of them really, but uh, they're they're they do have their fans. And we were. I remember when about that first Alexander. one came out. It was a surprise when that yeah. first one came yeah. out. That that uh, a lot of people thought it was fun. I I remember yeah. liking it okay uh, as a fun B movie, and it's got yeah. a good yeah. uh, a good Harry Manfredini score, which are That's true. four That's words true. that are rarely uh, put together. Yeah. <laughs> At least William Cat showed up for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> but um yeah, so so uh that has or those I should say have been uh, issued uh, and we were talking about Alexander Payne last week, so uh wanna make sure that we mentioned Criterion issued election. Uh, as one of their titles, and they oh, okay. did their, uh, their okay. yeah they did they did their usual thing with all the the extras and all that stuff. So just a lot of um, a lot of bonus features that uh, if you're a fan of Election, you might want to consider that one. Um, and then we get into the Twilight Time titles for December: uh, Wuthering Heights uh, from 1970, directed by Robert Fuest, and music by Michelle Legrand. And I think this is a decent adaptation of Wuthering Heights with uh, Timothy Dalton, actually, about uh, 17 years before he became James Bond. So it's uh, it's decently done and uh, nice, nice. By the way, uh, Adam, lush. Is, uh, yeah, is, Beauti- is Beautician and the Beast on Blu-ray? <laughs> I don't think so. That's what I think that escaped the high-definition format. So that's essential, Dalton, right there. Right, right there. That's like <laughs> what that's about like hogs? A, like, what about hogs? That, no, no. Beautician of the Beast is like his version of License to Kill. My career. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's hard. Oh man. Well, this next title uh, is definitely one I think we all are fans of. The Hospital from uh, mm-hmm. uh, oh, Patty Chayefsky. That's one of the best, of course. Yeah, that's one right. one of his second Oscar. Uh, yeah, my dad always still, said. That was the best movie ever made about medicine, American medicine, probably the medicine about hospitals and everything. He always said that was the most accurate movie 
ever made. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's scary. <laughs> yeah, he's not. Yeah, it that is So, yeah, it's just a isolated music and effects track and the theatrical trailer. No, no real extras, but uh, the movie looks great. I rewatched it, and uh, it still holds up. It's still biting, and and just um, you know has that. Um, that great acting by George C. Scott that kind of drives uh-huh. those points home. So, an ice, anyway. Wait a minute, an isolated effects track? Yeah, sound effects and music, yeah. That's, wow, effects. Mm-hmm. That's, that's odd. Yeah, they, the they do that on all their releases. <laughs> what, like, they like do. bowel movements? Like bowel movement effects? No, like, but... Why? 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 That's uh yeah that's standard on all Twilight Time releases they do that on every single uh, release a music and effects track so yeah well you learn something new every day yeah it's it's true I tell you but uh, yeah you know it's funny I th- I thought about that when I'm watching it uh, you know George C Scott had uh, famously refused his Oscar for Patton the year before and then they turned around and uh, nom- nominated him again for the hospital in spite of the fact that he kind of thumbed his nose at the Academy so. That was interesting, wasn't it? I thought. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but um, anyway, moving along to uh, another Twilight Time release. They're they're uh, pumping out these Woody Allen titles, and they've got one this in December, and one in January, and one in February. They've got three months worth, and uh, this is the the December Woody Allen title would be Alice. From 1990 with Alec Baldwin and of course Mia Mia Farrow, but Alec Baldwin and Blythe Danner and Judy Davis and William Hurt and the great Key Luke mm. in a supporting part. He's probably no. one of the best things about it, I think. But number one when, son. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's uh, Joe Montagna is also there. Uh, Bernadette Peters, Sybil Shepherd, Gwen Verdon. So good, good cast. And uh, Alice, I don't know what you guys, what your, what your opinion is on. Uh, it's been years since I've seen it. I think it's middling. Yeah, me too. It's like it's she, she, my, goes, she goes to a doctor because she has like, there's something about us like a sty in her eye or his eye or something. Yes, or, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I, you start I, with that promising premise, I mean, we're, we're yeah, <laughs> it's only up from there. Well, there's there's like there's three of those films he did around that uh, time that I feel like are about the same in terms of quality. I think September, Another Woman, and Alice to me are about they're each one is about as effective as the other for me. They just feel yeah. Uh, for me, uh, another Another Woman is uh, top ten. That's a cut above those, I think. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. I mean, I don't know. I was gonna. You know, I have to let you know I was going to watch them all again with Louis C.K., so I'll get back to you about that, okay? So. <laughs> and it's interesting. It's interesting that Woody Allen, I mean, it's kind of like a, just a, almost a nothing a nothing part, but when Woody Allen was asked years ago what his, who, who the best, or, uh, best actor he ever worked with, not actress, he said Gene Hackman from Another Woman. Wow. Uh, and he's not really, uh, uh, and it's not, it's not like a Sean Penn part. You know, it's not yeah. like a sweet and low down or something. So it, that was surprising. I guess just in that terms is, of yeah. ease, ease and comfort, and taking it, you know, and, and presence and that sort of thing. Just he brought it with him. Yeah, which obviously, totally surprising. Obviously true. Well, we uh, another Twilight Time release would be the uh, the L shaped room with uh, Leslie Caron and 
Tom Bell and Bernard Lee. Uh, we know him better, of course, as M in the uh, James right. Bond films, and Brock Peters. But uh, that's quite like, a cast. That's actually quite a it, cast. Yeah, and uh, it deals with uh, you know a woman who's unmarried and pregnant, which in 1962 was was not a subject that uh, you saw in mainstream films. Brian Forbes directed this one, and uh, it does have an audio commentary on it with uh, Lim Dobbs and Julie Kurgo and Nick Redman of Twilight Time. So. So um, if you're interested or a fan, there it is. And uh, the final Twilight Time for December was Forever Amber, directed by Otto Priminger, and with uh, starring Linda Darnell and the great Cornell Wilde, with a script uh, co-written by Ring Lardner Jr., who went on to do MASH, of course, and other things, and was blacklisted. So those are your uh, Twilight Time releases for for December. And then... Um, we have uh, the Suspiria 4K restoration from Synapse Films that's been issued. Uh, I think we talked about Suspiria, and uh, I had totally forgotten the remake of Suspiria is directed by uh, the same guy that did Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's the reason why it's two hours and 50 minutes I'm reading, so uh, <laughs> that might have yes. something to do with it. <laughs> but, I have a feeling uh, we're going to get a lot more bike riding and and. Drinking yeah. wine in this movie. <laughs> True. Well, uh, uh, Severin Films has issued uh, a box set that's worth mentioning, a collection of Amicus films that horrors the studio that uh, put out a lot of those horror films in the late 60s, early 70s. And uh, they've issued, uh, in a box set you can get, And Now the Screaming Starts, The Beast Must Die, and one of my favorites is uh, Asylum. Mm. which is uh, one of their anthology horror films from 1972, which is has stories written by Robert Block, who did the script for Psycho, of course. And uh, each one of the stories, uh, they, they're, they're pre- pretty much all of them are, are effective, I think. it's uh, There's not really a, a bad one in the bunch, from what I recall. So uh, it's nice to see that one getting a little love on, uh, Robert on the high-def format. Robert Block wrote the book on which Psycho is based. That's right. Yeah, it was Joseph Stefano who did the uh, script. You're correct. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Robert Block who did the novel. So yeah, uh, and those have been issued uh, separately as well. Aquino also issued a double feature of Betsy's Wedding and Holy Matrimony and Big Business and Scenes from a Mall. You can get those on two for the price of one releases. <laughs> Mm. Wow! Four for the price of one. Uh, the, the <laughs> Betsy's wedding and Alan Alda, right? Uh, yes. Directed and stars. Correct. And Anthony Lampagia, right? Um, the patient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was. He was. Remember, everyone was saying he was like the young De Niro when that movie came out. Remember yeah. all the critics mm-hmm. were raving about him. Yeah. So the apartment has been reissued with a brand new 4K restoration uh, from Arrow Academy. It really looks great. I will uh, highly recommend anybody who's a fan of Billy Wilder's The Apartment to, to investigate picking that one up. It's really, really, they've done a great job, really great job. And uh, Universal has issued a trio of their titles, or I should say uh, a, a quadrilogy maybe, <laughs> of their titles. Uh, I'm not saying that the quality is the highest on the on this batch, but for whatever reason they've decided to release for richer or poorer Fletch Lives, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, and um, The Paper. So, 
all four of those are available on high def. Uh, the only one out of those I'd, I'd even watch again would be uh, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, which I think is an yeah. amazing movie. <laughs> yeah, technically it's, it's pretty superb. And, uh, yeah. Although, Fletch Lives had a few good lines that I've remembered all these years for some reason. I remember there was one line in it where he says something, he's narrating, of course, and he says, uh, it wouldn't have took, taken uh, Sherlock Holmes to figure that out. In fact, I think Larry Holmes could have figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, I always remembered that line. And, um, one of your favorites, Dean, has been uh, issued on Blu-ray, Brawl and Cell Block 99. Oh, that's is available. good. So that's, you can I rewatched that last on, night on, on, on Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh and that is one of my favorite movies of the year. It's good, uh, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, well, I watched it the same I've time never... you did. We were both we were both talking about it that week. But uh, yeah. but yeah, it it's better it's better on the second viewing with a good sound system because I noticed something. The sound of footsteps uh are really prominent throughout the entire movie. And it's like oh, it's mm. like a foreshadow. It's a foreshadowing of the movie's money shot. Mm. Right. I think that's why it's put in there. <clears throat> but it's a great movie. Uh, I'll talk more about it next week. But because uh, yeah. I got a lot to say about it. I hate to say it, I have it, but I have not gotten around to seeing it yet. And I know oh, it's terrible. It's, but... it's, no, it's, it's got some great things going. You'll never think of um, body parts the same way ever again. <laughs> and, and just like I mean, it's just it's it's not, it's, it's, it's been it, I have to say it's probably been someone's best performance. Yeah, it's uh, it's at the top of the list, and I I probably I'm getting closer to it. I'll probably get to it here in the next week, but I uh, just have not. I've been so deluged with screeners and just screenings and everything. It's just it's hard to keep up. Um, what a life. But we're moving into yeah, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's 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 tough. I'm telling you to to keep up with all this stuff. Um, yeah, but anyway, I'm moving into January now. We've covered all of December, so we'll move on into January. And Brad Status, which I obviously told you that was my favorite of last year. Yeah. Uh, it's been issued. Uh, you can get it now. Um, Hell Knight has been issued from Scream Factory, the uh, horror film starring Linda Blair from 1981, which there are fans of this one as well. Um and, and that was that title. movie was about her first date with Rick James, right? Uh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would have been appropriately titled if it were. Yeah, the uh, the nineteen sixty eight film for Love of Ivy, starring Sidney Poitier and Abby mm-hmm. Lincoln, directed by Daniel Mann. Kino has issued that. Um, also, uh, Andy Serkis director directorial debut, Breathe, has been issued. Uh, Stanley Donan, uh, and I think Dean and I were talking about this guy not too long ago, and the fact that he's still alive, the guy who directed uh, uh, Singing in the Rain, that he also directed Blame It on Rio in 1984, which has been issued and written by Larry Gelbart, of course, who did MASH and Tootsie and yeah. Oh God and so many other things. I remember Wasn't seeing it way long ago, back when mm-hmm. it came yeah, out, and hating it. About that? Um, possibly I could see what I could see why there would have been. I think there was. Like, it's, uh, old, oh, uh, it's it's Michael Caine chasing after younger women, right? Yeah, yeah, the yeah, sure teenage, teenage daughter of uh, a friend, mm-hmm. right? 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One. Michelle Johnson. Uh, Stanley Donnan directed that. I didn't know that. I didn't sure know either. I'm kind of shocked. I mean, I remember watching on a plane on the plane, and actually back from a trip to London. But you know, that was a long. That was like about well over thirty years ago. So. We, yeah, we actually got got into talking about Stanley Dunham because the night before Saturn we talked, three, yeah. I was watching <laughs> right. Saturn Three on uh, was, yeah. <laughs> on uh, Amazon Prime, which I enjoyed wow. quite a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I call it, I call it, he also did he also did the Detective, right? The Sinatra. Um, um, no, that's, no that's I don't think Douglas, so. I believe. That's Gordon Douglas, the guy who directed yeah. a lot of the Our Gang comedies. He directed uh, <laughs> Detective. Believe it or not, well, that's course. true. I, I of know course it's it bizarre, was but of course it was the Our, our Gang guy. I mean, why would? <laughs> yeah, he he directed uh, the uh, the only feature length uh, Our Gang film, which is called General Spanky, and he directed that. And he also directed uh, Viva Knievel, the only movie Eva, Evil Knievel ever wow. had a starring role in. <laughs> He was that he was a big TV career. movie director, I think too. He was, yes, yes. Yeah. So he had a career. Now you talk about stretching all the way from directing the Little Rascals to directing Evil Knievel. Now that's a that's a stretch. <laughs> but, yeah, that is. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. We, that's how we got into the Stanley Donan because I called you to wish you a happy uh, New Year's, and you said, "Oh, I'm watching Saturn 3. <laughs> I said, "Ah, oh, so there, what a good there are worse ways, worse ways to ring in the New Year than watching Saturn yeah. 3. Much yeah, worse. That's right. That's what it was. And you said he's still alive. Stanley Donan's still alive. I said, yep. We were marveling at the fact that out of all the four principals, Donan, Titel, Douglas. And Farrah Fawcett, that uh, Farrah Fawcett was the first one to leave this mortal coil. Yeah. I know, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought that? Yes. Well, anyway, uh, I, well, I know we had a 35th anniversary show that we posted um, uh, from Aaron's podcast uh, about the Executioner song. Well, it's been issued by Kino in a double-disc edition where you get the original full-length TV movie version, which is uh, about three hours and 20 minutes, I think, or something like that, three hours and 10 minutes. And then you get the director's cut, which has more explicit footage, which is two hours and 15 minutes of the Executioner's song. So you got your choice. Uh, Kino's put it out, and it it, uh, has a few extras on it, so I wanted to mention that. And uh, Criterion has issued The Breakfast Club, which is... uh, that's I've seen a few press releases about that because that has uh, I think nearly 60 minutes of deleted scenes and uh, just lots of um, extras like they are prone to do with Criterion. So uh, I think this is the I first have, of the John Hughes. I was going to yeah, say the first have, of the John Hughes films to be issued by Criterion, I believe. But yeah, go, I have go no on, problem sorry. with this. I have no problem. You know, some people yeah. come out and poop on this. I have no. I think it deserves to be. It's a generate. It's a classic of Generation X. I mean. And I have no, I have no um, reason to be angry at this. I know some people like you know, voice or how dare criteria. No, it's this. It belongs there. I'm sorry. This yeah. definitely belongs there. I agree. I agree. And and there's talk that they may be doing 16 candles. Uh, that that may be uh, coming down the pike. I, no confirmation, right. but I've heard rumors. Um, but Young Mr. Lincoln is another Criterion title. From 1939, and um, 
So that that's that's another one they chose that's to. A good one. Can't go wrong with John Ford. You can't. You can't right. Not at all. I mean, you really yeah, can't. That's a good choice. And, and going from young Mr. Lincoln, we'll segue into Emmanuel and the Deadly Black Cobra from 1976, starring Jack Palance. <laughs> the Deadly <laughs> Black Cobra? <laughs> yes. Wait, who is the Deadly Black Cobra? <laughs> I don't know Emmanuel. if it's Jack Palance or not. but No, but wait. Uh, is that, oh, I thought it might be a euphemism for or some for someone like – okay, never mind. Okay. <laughs> Those are two separate no, movies, no. right? It's not like it's not like Emmanuel and the Deadly Black Cobra. I mean, it's, it is. It's it, it is. It's the same film, according. Now, the press release I have, I haven't gotten a chance to look at it, but it says a beautiful woman wakes to find her lesbian lover dead beside her, the victim of a venomous attack. She lashes out to trap the murderer in a bizarre and unnatural ritual, the ritual involving the Deadly Black Cobra. So, so this is this is an Emmanuel movie. Yes, apparently, and and it had Jack Palance in it. So <laughs> well, he was in a lot of stuff. I, can't, I mean, he was in just a lot of stuff. I mean, he just. I'm going to show you why they call me Curly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's. Uh, I thought it was worth mentioning as mentioning as a curio, if nothing else. Wow. So. Did Did uh, Francis Lie do the music to it? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good the, He did the Emmanuel movies, right? Yeah, he did. Uh, I think he did the second one, which I I love that score. By the way, I have that soundtrack album. It's terrific. Uh, I can't yeah, remember. Me I too. can't remember the guy that did the a different guy did the first one, but I can't think of his name right off the bat. He's it's really good too. But um, Intermezzo, a love story, which I think this is a very good film with Ingrid Bergman and Leslie Howard from 1939. Yeah, she's and, she's great in it. Yeah, it was uh, the movie I think that kind of put her on the radar, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, it's a, it's a, uh, a a tragic love story, I guess you would call. This call is the it. remake. This is the this is the English yeah. language w- remake of of. She did the same film, but in Sweden. You know. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, but Kino has issued that one. Uh, also mentioned previously, uh, they have reissued, because it was previously on Twilight Time, Inherit the Wind and Judgment at Nuremberg. Both of those Stanley Kramer films have been uh, have been reissued by Kino, so they're now back in print after having been out of print, or, or nearly out of print. Um, but they're uh, they're good. What can you say about them? I mean... I, I particularly I, I like both of those movies. Uh, I particularly like uh, Judgment in Nuremberg. Oh yeah, yeah. Maximilian Schell is just. I watched it again last week, and he's just uh, he's tearing it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he sure is. Great movie. Yeah. So um, anyway, um, moving right along to some other stuff here, we have. Um, uh, the Witches from 1967. Uh, this is a, a Clint Eastwood film, uh, and Ital- when he was doing his Italian stuff, this is uh, produced by Dino De Laurentiis. I've never seen it, uh, but uh, 67, like I said, and it's uh, one of those uh, from that period when Clint was making those all those uh, spaghetti westerns. So um, I've never seen this either. Yeah. Well, there you have. You have that one, and um, then 
Let's see. Moving along with the... There's Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is being issued in a... uh, with uh, a deluxe edition with all kinds of extras that you... uh, I I can't uh, remember who the distributor is. That's uh, MVD Rewind. I'm not sure who that distributor is. But anyway, if you're a fan of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes... (laughs) We'll get into the Twilight Time titles for January real quickly. Um, All right, cool, cool. And, and they have some good stuff, good stuff. They're doing the Woody Allens again, like I said, and this month's uh, offering is Husbands and Wives. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that's a good one. I don't think you can go wrong with that one. And uh, another one is Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice. Ah. And... Um, you know that's uh, Paul Mazursky. Of course, I uh, I'm hoping that this is going to lead to other Mazursky releases on high definition because I really, really am clamoring for them to issue an Unmarried Woman and Harry and Tonto because I adore both of those films and I'm just hoping that somebody will pick up that mantle and run with it. Uh, Dragon Wick is another Twilight Time title from 1946 with Gene Tierney and Walter Houston, Vincent Price, and directed by Joseph. Mankiewicz, and um, I think those may be the only Twilight Time titles I'm seeing for the month of January. But those are those are pretty good, I would say. By, way, cousin, Rachel. Uh, by the way, I hate to backtrack, but uh, I was just looking yeah. up the witches uh, yeah. from '67, just to let people know uh, it's a it's an anthology movie. Uh, oh, okay. And uh, it's got segments uh, directed by uh, Vittorio De Sica, uh, Pasolini, and mm-hmm. Lucina oh, wow. uh, Visconti. So, uh, so it's it's a high end uh, it's a high end uh, art film offering, I would say. Um, but uh, I just thought that would make that a little bit more interesting for people. Sure. Yeah. That's that's good. Yeah, Arrow Academy or Arrow, I'm sorry, has issued that. So, so yeah, and there is one more Twilight Time title. I'm sorry, my cousin Rachel with Olivia de Havilland from 1952. Richard oh, Burton the original. Also. Oh, the original yeah, one. Okay. So, Henry Coster. Oh yeah, so, that's uh, good. So uh, a couple of Shout Factory releases here. We're going to mention Rappin'. <laughs> How about that one? <laughs> oh hell yeah! Oh yeah! Mario man. Van Peebles and Eric Lasalle. From 1985, one—it's a canon group film. So, what more can you say about it? <laughs> so, rapid. So much. It was nice to see Eric Lasalle still alive and Logan. That was a nice. Um, yeah. That was, I mean, that was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we have the Peter Weller film. Uh, Peter Weller and Sam Elliott Shakedown. That's a shout select mm. issue directed by Hilarious. James how <laughs> Yeah. Hilarious grindhouse fun. Uh, yeah. From boy, it's a, <laughs> yes. It's it's yes. got a lot of uh, it's got a lot of footage of of uh, you know sort of sort of the last gasp of Forty uh, Second Street you know in in New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but uh, man, that movie isn't that the one with the with the isn't that the one with the roller coaster that goes off the yes it flies off the. Okay. In the beginning, at the beginning of the movie, yes, and uh, and the hilarious—I'll uh, <laughs> just never forget watching this. Uh, 
the scene with uh, is it Sam Elliott who's who's hanging on to the wheel of the plane as it's as it's flying through the air. I think uh, so. I think. <laughs> and shooting at the plane. Uh, oh man, that is it, it's so it's so outrageous. Uh, yeah, nutty nutty movie, really fun. I can't believe it's thirty years old. That's the scary. I know. Part. <laughs> I know. That's that's scary. That's the scariest thing in the movie. Tis tis. But uh, so I said Warner Archive hadn't announced anything. They did. There's one title uh, for the January I'd overlooked: Delmer Davies' The Hanging Tree, starring Gary Cooper and Maria Schell and Carl Malden, George C. Scott, and uh, Carl Swenson from '59. So there, that is the only Warner Archive for January that I am aware of. But uh, so, but they have issued that, and then we'll get into um, a. F- few of the uh, titles for January 16th that are coming out this coming Tuesday, Eye of the Cat, which I saw many, many years ago, probably 30-plus years ago on a local television station, and I, I really want to revisit this one. It's uh, it's the typical, uh, you know, they're trying to get their, their hands on the inheritance of this, uh, this guy's aunt, played by Eleanor Parker, and they're, she's got a house full of cats, and, uh, and he has uh, olorophobia, the fear of cats, and so I remember there's a scene where they push Eleanor Parker down a, a steep hill in her wheelchair, and it's, that's the thing that stands out in my mind. But it was made in '69, directed by David Lowell Rich, and it has Michael Sarazen and Gail Honeycutt, and like I said, Eleanor Parker from The Sound of Music, and um, it's it's uh, written. We were talking about Robert Block, written by Robert Block. So, uh, you know, Shout Factory has issued this one. And it may, and I'm like I said, kind of excited about uh, revisiting. Uh, Criterion has issued I Daniel Blake, which I loved, and I think uh, several of you you guys did uh, too. Yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah, they it's it's taken a long time for them to issue this because it came out and it won the Cannes Film Festival Award in 2016, I believe, and it's just now coming out to video. But uh, better late than never. Uh, I couldn't recommend it more. I just thought it was. Just Incredibly powerful, and um, so uh, it's it's available now. And uh, Macon County Line from 1974, and starring uh, Alan Vint, Max Baer Jr., and Cheryl Waters. <laughs> Max Baer Jr. is the director, right? Uh, Richard Compton actually was. The oh, director. okay. But uh, this is. Uh, a Shout Factory release. This is a movie that's kind of been neglected, and but it does have its defenders <coughs> and its fans, and so um, you know. Max Barrett uh, Jr. is a guy is a, is a go-to guy if you want to talk about Sharon Tate. That's what I know mm-hmm. about Max Barrett Jr. Mm. Uh-huh. He's still he's alive. Got, he's, he's still alive. He is still alive, isn't he? Yes, he is. He was on Gilbert's show. Actually, uh, is a great episode of Gilbert's podcast where he's. Oh, he tells great stories. I thought it was just I, – I, I laughed a lot. He's hes really really a good raconteur, so I recommend, you know, uh, listening to that. He's uh, another Shout Factory release. I think we're all fans of this one, Matinee from director Joe Dante and starring Catherine, Kathy Moriarty and John Goodman and Kelly Martin and – uh, this one has those, you know, the movie is about a uh, a, a uh, guy who's kind of like William Castle. You know, the John Goodman uh, character in the film is patterned after William Castle, who had all the the uh, you know de- producer of such films as 
House of uh, House on Haunted Hill and The Tingler. And this Blu-ray release has the uh the movies that they're seeing uh that the uh, the member the cast of the film is going to well, see. It has like they the shook up shopping cart. Yes, it does. It has all of the, the <laughs> Wow. Yeah. It has with, the, with uh, Naomi Watts. Uh in Yes. It. <laughs> Which yes. is pretty crazy. Uh wow. So what it has the uh what the whole films? Like their little short films or what? Yeah, I think it has some of them. I'm not sure about Shook Up Shopping Cart. It does have Mant. It has the full length version of Mant on it. Okay. And it has some some extras. I'm not sure about the the shopping cart one, but uh, but it it may. There's so many extras here, and it's uh, but a lot of new stuff that they've included on this. This is a nice release of Matinee, which I think is a a very very good movie. One of the brighter spots of Joe Dante's career. It's and, good. Uh, it's uh, it's well done. It's uh, it's yes. it's a well well done on a. Uh, just not on, not only in the sense of because uh, it's telling a it, it, it's the whole the movie takes place during the weekend of the uh, of the you know the Cuban Missile Crisis. That's right. Yeah. Um. So it's it's handling that issue pretty well, and it's also got a good family uh, story in it as well. So it's uh, it, it's it's actually quite a skillful little movie. Yeah, I saw it in a theater, and I remember just just really, really loving it uh, when I and saw it originally. Of course, Goodman is fantastic in it. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So, is. if you had to choose yeah. between a matinee or Thirteen Days for a Cuban Missile Crisis movie, which would it be? <laughs> matinee for <laughs> me. <laughs> I think that would be an interesting double feature. That it would be, be a good double feature. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it would. That's for sure. So, The Taking of Beverly Hills from 1991 with Ken Wall. <laughs> mm. Don't know Ken Wall? Anybody. Wow. Yeah. Whatever happened to Ken Wall? Good question. Matt is, he's, probably, he's probably doing a TV series. Oh. Uh, yeah. Whatever well, happened to a... uh, Carrie Wurr? Remember Carrie Wurrer? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. She was an eight-legged freak. Awful last She was an eight-legged freak. <laughs> well... Taking a Beverly Hills is notable because it has, I think, the first big screen appearance of Pamela Anderson, and uh, also has Matt Frewer, and it has music by Jan Hammer, and uh, it has, uh, and it's directed by Sidney J. Fury. So there's a couple of interesting there tidbits there. Yeah. There you go. There you go, man. So thank God it yeah, wasn't James Glickenhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Man, Sidney J. Fury started doing a lot of uh, Bronson movies, didn't he? He did a couple. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. One of Dean's favorite films Mark. of last year, Loving Vincent. Mm. I say that uh, facetiously, of course. <laughs> did anybody ever, did Did any of you guys ever catch that? I saw it. I yeah. did. No, I didn't, I, didn't about it. It. I did not see it. I didn't see it. Okay, so what did you think? Was I on point in my review of you that? Were. You were. You <laughs> were. I mean, yeah, come on. Right on it. They they missed the boat on that movie, big mm-hmm. time. Yeah, I, uh, I I felt like they did too. I mean, it's beautiful to look at. You can't deny that. It's it's 
tremendously well done. It's animated by oil paintings, you know, but this the story just doesn't it just it's just lacking. And the black and white parts are, you know, take you out of it completely. Mm-hmm. Like uh they're they're not anything like the the uh the beautiful you know, color you know, uh reproductions of his painting style. Uh yeah. they're they're very bland and sort of uh they kinda of take over the movie and uh That's true. Uh boy, it's sad. It is, it really is. So uh what about this one? You're the hunter from the future. The thirty fifth oh, anniversary yeah. edition. <laughs> is it I guess it's dubbed, I guess, right? I mean uh well I do know Italian, this. They're Italian. They're all Italian movies. I mean these are all Italian made cool. movies. So Antonio Majoridi is that how you pronounce it? Uh, Reb Brown. Now here's a trivia question: What is Reb Brown really known for? Does anybody remember besides "You're the Hunter from the Future"? <laughs> Reb Brown. Yeah. Wait. So, like, like what? Like, you know, like, um, people madness. No, tell us what. What, what would that no. what movie? Would he Captain be? America. He, there you go. You got it. Captain America. He was the first uh, Captain America. The first. Uh, oh, that TV movie that they made. You're right. Long ago. They made. Oh, I remember that. I remember how. I remember how bad that was too. I mean, thank you okay, so, for saving us. So we're talking about your the hunter from the future. That's your Y O R. That's and, it. And the director is Antonio Margariti. And if you remember, that's one of the names of the characters at the end. Uh, at, and I'm in, sure that's uh, deliberate. No, uh, Inglorious Bastards. That's right. That's, yep. That's, I'm, that's, mm-hmm. I'm sure that's all, you know, I'm sure that that's the same one. Yes. I'm almost willing to bet that. I mean. It's obviously a, a reference, you know, a film yeah. reference. All but, those uh, guys, all, and he has some of them. The guy who directed, if I'm not mistaken, the original Inglorious Bastards is um, one of the patrons that they step over. Um, Eli Roth and um, oh god, what's the other the other guy's name that they went and read in the theater? They they step on everyone's feet. That's uh, the indirect, the original director of Inglorious Bastards is in there. Oh, okay, um, he's in on, the he's yeah. in the audience. Okay, yes, he's in the audience. Yes. Okay. Well, anyway, I just thought I'd mention it as a, a something we probably remember from our uh, youth. Uh, I'll be getting that, so I just want everyone to know that. Yeah. I'll be buying it. That soundtrack is $50 if I wanted to buy wow. that soundtrack, which I don't. Well, I'll... If it were $10, $10 I get it. Well, I will say about that movie, it, if you want to get it on Blu-ray, it's very cheap. You can pick it up for like seven bucks brand new. So it's, uh, you know, they're not. And it does yeah, have an audio does commentary. It have a, does it have an effects track, Adam? I mean, that's. <laughs> it has a red brown audio commentary. <laughs> if you can imagine that. But, um, so anyway, we were talking earlier about. Uh, nuclear war movies and things like uh, the day after. Does anybody remember Threads from 1984, yes. which is the British version? I of, was going to uh, mention Threads when we were yeah. when we were talking about the uh, the day after. So it's good yeah. that they're uh, now they need to come out with Testament and then it'll all yes. be <laughs> yeah, Testament. I mean, those are all 
Threads was just so Threads was really I mean still to this day I remember it hardcore I mean yes. yeah I mean Threads is just hardcore I mean the thing about yeah. Threads is that it goes further yes uh, oh right yes. further. It goes much further than uh, the day after does. The day after sort of ends before all, all the horror really, really starts. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> threads mm-hmm. goes there. <laughs> threads. Oh no, it does. It does absolutely. It tries to yeah. really imagine what a, a world after a nuclear war would be like, and uh, yeah, it does. And and I think it, I, the scene that stands out in my mind is where the guy's out in the street peddling rats for sale because food mm-hmm. has become so scarce that he's out. He's mm-hmm. got a, like a food truck with rats on it, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh, it's very disturbing. Yeah. So well, well, they did release when the wind blows a couple of years ago. You know, that's mm-hmm. another one that's similarly themed, which is well done, I think. So, you know, it's animated, but it's still very powerful. The mid eighties so, was a was a big time for those those movies. Yeah. Uh yeah. I guess there was a big fear back yeah, then. Yeah, there should uh, there should be now, but uh yeah. it doesn't seem people are so self involved. But anyway. Uh so uh, how about the uh Jean Claude Van Damme classic Cyborg? <laughs> oh Jeez. shit, really? Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Well, Shout Factory has issued this one as well. Lots of extras there. And, um, you know, they've been putting out these, Lionsgate has been putting out these Vestron Collectors Series uh, line of titles. Well, they've issued Ken Russell's Gothic with Gabriel Byrne and Julian Sands, Natasha Richardson. So that has been issued along with a class of 1999 starring Stacey Keach, Malcolm McDowell, and uh, directed by Mark L. Lester. Oh, yeah. Kind of, a, yeah, yeah, I remember. kind of a quasi-sequel to uh, Class of 84, which is m- a much better film, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, is, Mark, but, uh, is Mark L. Lester different from Mark Lester? Yes. No, it's just... Is it? They're, okay, I thought it was not. Same. They're not related. Okay. Oh. All right. Well, uh, we have uh, Bell Epoque... Or is it Epoch? I'm not Bell sure. Epoch. Epoch. Yeah. Epoch. Okay. Really, really underrated movie. I think an underrated yeah. movie. All of Films is issuing this um, from 1991. And that's uh, and uh, I was curious about you guys' take on this. I think this is one that we didn't talk about or you guys didn't talk about. I don't know. Last Flag Flying. Uh, Richard um, Linklater. I like it. <coughs> I thought it was a really just a movie that didn't get any attention, but... Um, it's a really well-made movie. Uh, I thought so, really, Yeah, really great. Yeah. I, I mean, you, great acting from Carell and Cranston and, and Fishburne. I mean, it's a really underappreciated movie. I agree. Um, and I'm tempted to put it on my, my top ten list just because no one saw it. Um, I was really moved by it. Um, I was yeah. too. I was too. Also, Ultimately, the only thing I don't like about it is uh, sort of the way uh, the way it's directed uh, there's a little bit, uh, I guess it's kind of unavoidable because of the, the setup and the, mm-hmm. uh, but there's a little bit of like, uh, bucket list kind of vibe to it that, mm-hmm. that, that I don't like. But, uh, other than that, um, uh, I thought it was really smartly written and uh, performed and, um, uh, 
Cranston did a good job of not imitating Jack Nicholson, but sort of recalling him, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was really interesting. He really... He really walked a fine line there. Because uh, uh, he was, you know, there are, he's almost, 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 you know, going to go that way. But, um, no, it's it's, it's, a, it's a really, though, when I was watching it, I just couldn't get it for somebody. Yeah, you realize these are guys who come from, well, two of them, Cranston and Carroll, really known for their TV work. Um, and, and it's just, it's just like some of the finest acting I've seen all year. I mean, and Lawrence Fishburne, too. I mean, this is really some of the best acting I've seen all years in this movie. Great um, scene. I, won't lie to you. I, I love that scene with Cicely Tyson. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. that uh, scene is just, I mean, that's worth the price of admission right there. I mean, yeah. just the body language of everybody. I mean, yeah, um, yeah I mean, just really good, good, good stuff. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm fairly, I'm fairly forgotten. Like oh, I, I don't even think not even me- just not even not even forgotten not, not even mentioned unfortunately. I mean yeah, uh, I mean it, it's really well really well made really just well done. I mean and it just gives you a new perspective of looking at things. I thought at least of how you would look at certain situations like that. Yeah. So I mean, so, on a completely yeah, unrelated this- note, uh, yesterday I was offered an interview with Pat Boone. Oh wow! Wow! I don't know how to feel about that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think I, go for it. Go for it, man. I would, yes. Oh I shit! No, I'm that. not going to do that. You know, you know why? Uh, because he wrote a song uh, decades ago about uh, Martin Luther King, and so it's a connection to MLK Day. Oh, okay. Well. I was going to say, if he would uh, talk about his film career a little bit and the people he's worked with, it might be worth it. But, you know, if he's just going to talk about the songs. <laughs> if you were to interview someone about Martin Luther King, how how long would it take to get to the name Pat Boone? <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't, I don't yeah. think I'd ever get to it. I didn't remember. I don't even know anything about the songs. So I, just, <laughs> I wouldn't even be there. I just wouldn't know. I mean. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's interesting. Well, the uh, the 1966 film, The Projected Man, um, starring Bryant Halliday, uh, which I remember seeing this in uh, those books about horror films when I was a kid, but I've never seen it. But Shout Factory has issued this one. Um, it's another one of their titles, and... And Arrow has issued a couple of things. Cat of Nine Tales, the Dario Argento film. Uh, the Hills Have Eyes has been reissued, Reanimator. Um, and ah, then Vinegar the Syndrome. Same old titles. Oh. I know, yeah. <laughs> How many times? Uh, but Vinegar Syndrome is issuing for the first time on high def uh, Penitentiary with uh, the. Uh, Leon Kennedy. Leon Kennedy, that's what I was going to say. There you, you go. Know? So it's. And his wife, right? right? Yeah, I believe so. Jane Kennedy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't that turn up on HBO all the time when we were kids? I, mm-hmm. I remember it, I believe. Mm-hmm. It was one of those that they would show after 11 p.m. usually. <laughs> yep. So the 1972 horror film Sweet Sugar, which I'm not really familiar with, but it stars Phyllis 
Davis, who was on Vegas, the TV show Vegas. And, oh. Uh, that's another Vinegar Syndrome release. And then uh, Red Mob is another Vinegar Syndrome from 1993. And uh, I'm uh, not really familiar with this one either, but it's one of their titles they're putting out for the month. And and um, the Red Squirrel from is being released by Olive Films. And uh, actually, uh, that about uh, wraps up all the titles for December and January, if you can believe that. We Oh, I did overlook one, uh, Dario Argento's opera. From Scorpion mm. releasing, so oh, okay. that's the one I overlooked. So, uh, but anyway, that's that's pretty much it for the two months, and that brings us up to up to date. All right. Good. I don't know what uh, to say. <laughs> <laughs>